Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sober Grind Podcast. We are back, and this is Pej, and I'm with my boy, my main man, Austin. Hello, Pej. Episode 5, can you believe it? I can't believe we made it this far already. Wow, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it's incredible. So, what's your name, and how long have you been sober? My name is Cindy Johnson, and actually on the 24th of this month, I'll be 5. Oh, wow. Congrats. Thank you. That's amazing. When did you uh, first realize that you needed to make a change in your life and seek sobriety? Well, it happened kind of a long time ago. Um, Around 2001 or 2002, I um, wanted to kill myself. And at that point, I just just had a nice cocaine addiction at Mm. that point. Yeah. And but it was enough. I mean, it was the darkest time I ever knew. Mm. But, um, you know, and I went to treatment for the first time up in L.A. Mm-hmm. And that lasted about the sobriety lasted about six months. That was the only period of sobriety I ever had mm. like that yeah. six months for about, I don't know, 10 or 13 years after that, mm-hmm. um, you know, bring it to this period of sobriety. I, um, you know, finally got it. Like I stayed in AA. I was um, introduced to AA back then and um, just kind of stuck around, went to meetings and stuff, sort of gave up my life in um, drugs before that, but um, just never gave up the substances, you know, gave up the friends and then dove into meetings and stuff and the fellowship, Mm -hmm. but I could never get off of what I was taking, you know? Gotcha. So what was that um, that aha moment that, that finally clicked in your head? Well, I mean, for someone like me, I had to be kind of um, <laughs> shown the aha moment because, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of things had happened up until, um, you know, 2013 when I got my third DUI. I, you know, landed in jail and I basically had no choice. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it was done. Like I mm-hmm. just kind of had that that was a definite aha moment lying in jail. Like I was about to die. My body had been through so much at that point. I was like 115 pounds. I'm 150 today Mm. healthy. Mm. And my body was shutting down and I was like, okay, this is it. You know, I had a kid at that point. Like I got pregnant when I was 28 Mm -hmm. and um, went through a horrible detox, still didn't get sober. Mm. Like got on drugs in the, you know, delivery room. But, um, you know, and that wasn't enough. My kid even, like, downed a bottle of Klonopin from my purse, didn't oh, get wow. sober mm. after that, but, mm-hmm. you know, was in hell up until he was about three years old was when I got sober, and I just gotcha. couldn't do it myself. I could not get off of the crap I was taking. Like, Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, I got off of um, heroin and everything, like, sporadically was doing heroin all through the like 2002 to 2010 but um was on a bunch of you know opiate maintenance drugs Mm -hmm. up until that point too and so for the better part of 10 years I was on and off subutex and methadone and Mm. all those fun things so then it was just like a horrible horrible detox and that's what I was afraid of so I just kept going Mm-hmm. with all those drugs and then the third DUI I was like okay this is my chance I had my kid taken away from me and that was my like you know reason I was using like oh I have to take care of my son 
Yeah. And I was just like a horrible drug addict, like a piece mm. of shit, you know, but still I thought I was doing something admirable or, you know, the right thing. Mm-hmm. But there, the kid got taken from me, so I had no choice. I was like, okay, this is it. This is my chance. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And I just like let go, finally surrendered. Mm. And, you so know, surrendering that's when I, was key. Oh my God, for sure. <laughs> that was the only way I could do this. And I had yeah. to do this gnarly ass court program Mm -hmm. where I had to pee in a cup several days a week and you know my life had basically basically been taken from me Mm. so I had to throw myself into this this um new life and you know it was a lot of work but um I'm just so glad that I did it yeah it's been incredibly worth it it's amazing thank you so much for sharing that of course so do you have any um any happy moments uh that pop out in your in your mind since your sobriety? Yeah, I mean there's been so many. I I'm a completely different person mm. today. Like there's nothing that resembles the life I had before. It's like mm. today is just night and day. I mean if you knew me before I got sober, there's not that many people that knew me before, but the couple that do they're like you're a different person this is like Mm. you know it's like we get reborn we get this other chance at a different life it's kind of cool actually because a lot of people go through life and they don't get this opportunity to experience the darkness in such a gnarly way and then to be reborn into a completely new way of living and you know it's like it's just a trip to me sometimes and now I get to take other women through this way of living and I get to see the light come on in their eyes and it's like it's just an amazing gift. I mean, that's definitely one of the bright spots in my life today is sponsoring women. Like I told you, I'm meeting with one this morning mm-hmm. right after this. And, um, you know, those are definitely, I mean, I took up mountain biking. Like that oh, yeah. has been an incredible thing in my life. And I hike and I get out, you know, in the wilderness. And <laughs> oh, that sounds incredible. There's a lot of fun to be yeah. had. I mean, that's like a myth, I think, in recovery mm-hmm. that people think, like, really think that fun is over because, like, <laughs> all their fun has been surrounded with drugs. Right. You know, I've even volunteered at um, music festivals and stuff. Like, there's a sober group of um, of us that go to music festivals and, you know, like, um, provide a safe place for other people who want to be sober and still experience, you know, EDM and stuff. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, there's like a lot of fun to be had. There's a lot of fun moments I can think of. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's great. Um, so what advice would you give to anyone that may be listening to this and maybe they are struggling themselves with an addiction or they're a parent or a loved one of someone that's struggling with an addiction? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, I um, I work on a lot of um, people just entering this deal. I'm a massage therapist, mm-hmm. and I work at treatment mm-hmm. centers. And, I mean, exactly. I talk with people every every day about this. And it's mm-hmm. like, I just say, because a lot of them have never tried this before. Mm-hmm. And so I get to, you know, like reach out to, to kids that are just starting this whole thing. And I always tell them, just give this a try. Mm-hmm. Like, I never gave this a try. Like, I was here. I was in a 12-step program for, got all of my 20s, and I never actually tried it. So I yeah. thought it didn't work, mm-hmm. you know, because I just didn't want to try it. I didn't want to do the things that people were trying to get me to do, like get commitments yeah. at meetings and work with a sponsor and, like, 
you got to find someone that has been through this and mm-hmm. like latch on to them and follow them around and see yeah. what they're doing mm-hmm. and do mm-hmm. what they're doing, you know? And that's what yeah. I wasn't willing to do before. And now I'm doing it and my life is incredible. Like it's just completely, like I just said, completely shifted, completely changed. And it just keeps getting better. Like, and now I see that there's like anything is possible in this life. Really? I thought like I was going to die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, like, just get it right the next life because <laughs> I totally, you know, believe in that. Mm. And it's just this is the life. This is it. This is, like, my shot. Like, it's kind of, you know, it is a trip. Every time I talk about it, it's like this is, this is like, your chance. Like, you really can make it happen in this life. So, I mean, anyone that's, like, hasn't done this before, I just I tell them, like, go to meetings. Like, go to you know, whatever 12-step program, like, floats your boat and find someone where you hear something that you relate to with that person and just go up to them and say, oh, my God, I relate to you. Can you help me? I want to do the steps. You know, whatever it is that comes out of your mouth, I need help. And if they're working a program, they're going to be willing to work with you. So, I mean, this is what we do. We carry the message. We help each other. So, I mean, that's my advice is, like, go to a 12-step program find someone you relate to, give this thing a shot, get away from the drug, whatever the hell it was you were taking long enough for your light to shine through, you know, because mm. like the drug, you get, we get stuck, trapped in like a yeah, cycle of like, this is my life, this is all mm-hmm. I know, this is, mm-hmm. you know, da 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 it's like Groundhog Day, we wake up, yep, it's yep. the same shit, <laughs> you know, different day, SSD, so yep. <laughs> So, I mean, it's like we got to get out of that that cycle, break the cycle and, like, try a new um, routine. Mm. And it's really hard. I mean, I have girls today that I sponsor that are just like, how do I do this? I can't do this. There's no way I can, like, set reminders in your phone. I mean, they, like, forget, you know, like, oh, yeah, there's a meeting tonight. I just went to Mm. last week. But they're not going to remember because it's a whole different way to live, you know? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, I don't know. I could go on and on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's honestly uh, just incredible. Thank you so much. You are a truly inspirational person, and um, oh, thank you. This is this is very motivational and a, a lot of great advice. So, thank you so much, Cindy. Thank you for having me. Anytime. Yeah. So today we're talking about spirituality and the role it plays in recovery. Uh, this is very important for a lot of people out there. So I have uh, a couple questions for you. Just to jump right in, what does spirituality mean to you? Well, I mean, spirituality means, to me, what it means, and especially in recovery, it's uh, soundness of mind, being mm. centered with the universe, being at one with the universe, um, staying out of my head, not always stuck in the, in, not worried mm. about what's about to happen yeah. and not being stuck in the past of what has happened, but just being in the moment and just, you being know, being present, being present, being, being good with myself, being good with the spirit, with the universe. That's awesome. Yeah. So do you think uh, spiritual spirituality or a uh, higher power is, is a really important and key aspect to an individual's recovery? Absolutely. Because I think that when we are out in the trenches of addiction, um, our spirits are very, tainted sick um we we aren't really in good spirits we are we're drinking wine in spirits or we are (laughs) we are trying to we think that we're having spiritual experiences but i think that we're actually consumed by our ego and we are so uh far gone that we have no concept of what true spiritual living is so when we come into spirit into recovery 
in order for us to be on a on a better path in life, mm. I believe that we we definitely want to uh, build on our spiritual condition and become spiritually fit. Mm-hmm. But to each their own. I mean, some people obviously when you go into a twelve step program, they they definitely. Uh, spirituality is is key you know spiritual living is key some people don't believe in that so Mm -hmm. i mean some people have different practices there's yoga there's uh, meditation groups and meetings and um, retreats and things like that that will get you connected with the spirit you don't always necessarily have to do the 12 steps to get in touch with your spirit i think it can definitely happen in many different aspects so that that higher power so to speak doesn't necessarily need to be religion uh, higher power, I, I never really viewed it as religion. Um, mm. I, God and higher power, a lot of people think that um, by when they hear the word spiritual or spirituality, mm-hmm. the first thing that a lot of people think is that it has to do with, with religion. Mm, and I, yeah. I think that it absolutely does not have to do with religion. I think that religious people uh, have spiritual practices or, or gain access into spirit through their religious practices, but... Um, you know, there's a saying that they say that uh, sp- religion is for people who are afraid to go to hell and spirituality <laughs> is for people who have already been there. I so, uh, you know, it's a saying. It's uh, a great quote. I, I love it. I, yeah. I truly, I've been to hell and back. So yeah. I know that uh, when it comes to you know, living a different lifestyle, I need to really be connected with my spirit. And I don't go to church. So, I yeah. mean, I've got, I've gone to churches, and I've done all of my investigation in, in various respective churches in, in the area, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't follow any particular religion. I'm not, I'm not a believer of religions. I am a believer of God. Um, I definitely um, do think that higher power is necessary for me to move on. At first, my higher power has changed from thing to thing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. How so? Well, because when I was brand new, I had this phobia of God within itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like I, in my life... Um, if there was such thing as God, God had dealt me a bad hand uh, due to a car accident that happened when mm. I was 17 and somebody dying, due to the circumstances of my life, me going to jails, institutions, having near-death experiences, I felt like God just had it out for me if God is really there. Part of me wanted to think there's no such thing as God, but, mm. but the other part of me is like, well, there's got to be something there because I didn't create myself. So mm-hmm. it all, it's something, this all came from something. In, sci- if a, in a scientific way, maybe it's some kind of creative intelligence, something larger than myself that I have no concept of. So when I came into recovery over a period of time, at first I thought, okay, well, perhaps it's the ocean. Somebody mm-hmm. told me, like, do you think you can go down to the beach and make those waves move? Something's pushing those waves up. Is it you? Can you make the, the wind blow no i can't i can wish you, can i wish you, i could right can you go outside and, and turn uh, uh day into night like make mm. the sun set and on your terms no i can't something is doing all of this so mm. these little things so i started but first the ocean was was my higher power then people in recovery were my higher power they were a power greater than myself because it was a group of people who were staying sober left to my own devices and and my own uh, thought process and my own decision making, I couldn't stay sober. So I, I would look up to these people, and I would if I if I had questions, I would it was Tom, Steve, Joe, and Michael. If I had questions, I would run my questions by Tom, Steve, Joe, and Michael. If decisions okay. were going to happen, I'd ask them, and they were a power greater than me. These guys okay. had extensive amount of years of sobriety, so they could I could bounce things off of them. They became my higher power. Then through actually through prayer and meditation, I started to actually kind of just tap into something else that was 
you know, it, through blind faith, like I felt like there's something different. Yeah. It was like a spiritual practice within itself. That's a, a great segue into my next question. So just kind of playing devil's advocate, mm -hmm. what advice would you give to maybe an atheist or someone that uh, says science causes the waves and uh, the, the change from day to night, or maybe they're hopeless and don't want to believe in anything higher? How would they start with connecting with something bigger than themselves? Well, if an atheist or an agnostic wanted to have a conversation with me and ask me for my opinion, mm -hmm. I would tell them my opinion. And now mm -hmm. I would respect their opinion too. Mm -hmm. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, Voltaire said that even if God didn't exist, it would be necessary to invent one. Mm. Okay? So a lot of people are going to reference, they're going to always take it back to science. Fine. Mm -hmm. There is science, right? So let's let's just say that this whole earth came from something. Let's say the Big Bang Theory. But what was before that? Mm. Like, where did that... That's what, the question. What? That's the question. And in scientific matters, people say, well, we don't know. Well, then it would be nothing. Mm -hmm. And if it was nothing, did nothing come from nothing? Because then it would be like nothingness. It's totally impossible. So I can't convince an atheist, you must believe in God. But mm. where did science come from? From man. Mm. So men and women are scientists mm -hmm. and the need si to understand the need to understand and s science in my opinion is mostly all theoretical nothing is proven mm -hmm. it's all based off of theory mm -hmm. but best guess right best guess right so we don't really know but obviously who created the scientists did they create themselves through scientific experiments and things no i i believe that something greater than anything that's that's un, that's not understandable mm -hmm. you know it's it's just way more than anything that we can equate in our small minds right it's something that's that's done all this and for me you know then some people think well how are you going to relate that to something you need to pray to and and make the most important thing i just think it's you know it's almighty it's big it's greater than any of us you know mm. That's great. Yeah. And uh, it seems like a rabbit hole that we could dive down forever. We, we could. Continue that. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, to kind of sidetrack a little bit. So uh, the practice or act of prayer or meditation, mm -hmm. what's, your, what's your opinion on either or both of those? And if you've seen any benefits from practicing daily or practicing a little bit in general? Well, for me, prayer, or meditation, prayer and meditation where they were professed often mm. people would talk about it when in early recovery i would hear a lot of people say that they hit their knees in the morning mm. they do a certain set of prayers and mm, at first i wasn't quite sure about the whole god thing mm -hmm. i didn't know what i was praying to i thought if i get down on the floor and i'm on my knees am i praying to the floor or to the wall because there was really <laughs> yeah. no connection with anything sure. outside of myself mm -hmm. so i was kind of just keeping it at a material uh, level, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, where mm -hmm. I, I was looking for something tangible, no connection to any kind of spirit. Um, but over a period of time, I started to pray, and, and it was because somebody told me to humble myself to God. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how can I humble myself to something I don't even believe in? Yeah. And he said, just do it. it. It's a repetitive cycle. Just, just do it. So I would do it, and started to feel different. And when mm -hmm. I started to feel different, I believed that by, by going down into a submissive state, and kind of just giving myself to something else and getting out of myself, I was trusting something with blind faith, whatever that something may be, and it started to make me feel different. Now, I'm the type of addict alcoholic that will sabotage my own recovery. So over a period of time when things are starting to go good, I'm thinking that everything is going to go bad. Like this is too good to be true. Everything's going to go wrong soon. And the next thing you know, I would 
go into this depressive state, which started making me entertain the thought of getting high and numbing out again. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to do that. I was absolutely convinced that I have no business going back to using and drinking. So what do I need to do? Started getting on my knees, asking God or higher power. I think I called it higher power at the time. Please take me out of these depressive thoughts and feelings and everything I'm experiencing and get me back into being centered with you, whatever you may be. And then I started realizing, oh, I'm starting to trust something more than my own thinking. I'm starting to trust like mm. higher power slash yeah. AKA. God. Right. <laughs> so if you feel comfortable explaining, what did your daily practice look like? How long and how often? Prayer. Yeah. Meditation. Well, prayer, praying was a, a daily thing. Okay. Uh, in, in the, the mor- morning. In the morning, in the I would definitely like to get on my knees and just thank God for another day. See, mm. Tell me what's, uh, show me what's ahead, what mm. lies ahead. And I would just take that into my day. Also, the prayer, the meditation part a lot of people meditate. There's a lot of different meditative styles, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yogis will meditate a certain way. Uh, people in, let's say, like martial arts classes do their own type of meditation. Mm-hmm. There's meditation camps and this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Me, personally, I've, I'm, a, I'm an addict alcoholic with a loud head. There's a lot <laughs> of chatter that goes on in my head. I Hard could never quiet, quiet my mind. Mm-hmm. So over a period of time, about five years into recovery, I remember that I started getting soundness of mind when I just actually shut off. I would hmm. treat prayer, praying as talking to God, mm. and I would treat meditating as listening to God. Interesting. So I would kind right. of just imagine, I would get enough t- in, in a space, like I had my little area in my room where it was like my meditative corner, and I would go sit in that corner and kind of just sit, you know, in a meditative sitting style, however you want to call it, mm-hmm. and um I wouldn't do the um or anything like that, but basically <laughs> I would just, I would pretend and imagine if God had a voice, what would God say to me? Hmm. And I remember like... like That's an interesting way off, to look at it. Yeah, I would, you know, if, especially like when I was going through a hard time, it was yeah. some kind of relationship stuff that was going on, but sure. I would say, you know, God, just talk to me. And I, I would hear a voice kind of tell me, hey, Pej, I love you. You're fine. Hmm. Everything's going to be fine. Everything is fine. You know, you're going to be fine. Just keep on doing what you're doing. Keep staying sober. You're loved. The universe loves you. Your family loves you. Your friends love you. I love you. And it's like, you when, you, amazing when you start going sure. that deep into that, yeah. into your, with your eyes closed, <clears throat> you kind of go into like this spiritual trance, mm. right? Now I'm not that busted, disgusted, and not to be trusted drug addict that's out there mm-hmm. seeking the next fix or the next needle or the next pill or the next injectable or the next whatever you know now i'm like really paying attention to myself not what my what my mind can put into my body but more what i can put into my spirit into my soul Hmm. so i like to meditate daily i don't Mm -hmm. do enough of it i really would like to more but i feel (laughs) like like if if i do a prayer and meditation in the top of the day i like to take that what i get out of that Mm. into my day with me Mm. and if i do if, if if i make it a repetitive process I treat people nicer. Mm. I'm more in sync with what God would have for me. I'm more, I, I, I interact better. I, I don't act on my character defects as much because mm-hmm. I'm aware. I'm trying to stay aware yeah. and I'm trying to stay aligned with God, higher power, whatever you want to call it. That sounds like a great way to start a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Pej, that was uh, amazing and a ton of information. That's just about all the questions that I had on spirituality and the importance of it. Is there anything else you'd like to cover? 
I think we're good today. I really appreciate you asking me these wonderful yeah, questions. Absolutely. And it's so good to be on the show. It's a pleasure, crime. my friend. What else do you have going on right now? Uh, I think I'm going to go and walk my dogs. <laughs> That's great. Well, Pej, thank you again so much, um, my friends. Another episode of Sober Grind, episode five. We're going to keep this going. Ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by and made possible by Beginnings Treatment Centers, a wonderful treatment facility that offers a, diff- a lot of different levels of care. They're located in beautiful and sunny Southern California. If you or someone you know is struggling with an addiction, reach out to them and a friendly representative would love to talk to you. You can reach them directly at 800-387-6907 or visiting them on their website at beginningstreatment.com. We also have our Facebook community that we're trying to build and make as influential and as impactful for you as possible. It's called Ask an Addiction Specialist. Uh, We've built this community over the last couple of months to help connect you with addiction specialists. Maybe you have some questions uh, for yourself or for a loved one or just you're genuinely curious about the industry. You can join this group, ask your questions, and uh, and a, a specialist will answer as soon as possible. There's a lot of live streams in there, Pez streams in there pretty quickly, pretty often. Uh, it's, it's amazing. You can uh, find it at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ask an addiction specialist or just searching for ask an addiction specialist in that search bar at the top of facebook 